There we go. Let's see if that goes live again and make sure it doesn't shut down. All right, everybody, welcome to the, the Lumber Word for Wednesday, August 23rd. Well, it messed me up. August 23rd, 2023. Uh, we're waiting for another guest, but Greg and I are going to kick this off. Matt Beamer will not be able to make it today, but... Yeah, uh, Matt's, uh, <clears throat> Matt's got bias training today, Ash. That's going to oh. have to be, you know, <clears throat> really exciting for him. I wonder how you get out of something like that, or is that a mandatory type of deal? Oh yeah, <clears throat> I think it's I think it's very mandatory. Yeah, gotcha. Well, let's look at this. Um, uh, we wanted to go through. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to recap what we talked about last week. Um, first of all, Greg, why don't you do an introduction? I feel like I did a terrible introduction to this show, and and you're really. My wife is like, you know, let Greg do the introduction sometimes because you say um a lot and you're horrible at doing it. Love my wife, and she's probably right. So why don't you do an intro? Ash, I think she's overly critical of you. I think you do a fantastic job. Hey, welcome everybody to This Week in Lumber. It's glad to have you here. I know we uh, had an exciting show last week. And uh, just as a recap, uh, <clears throat> when uh, when Ashley pulled out the uh, marry, date, or dump segment, we made a reference to the crazy hot index and we had some we had some viewers that were confused by whoa what were you talking about there um and for those that aren't familiar with it i i suggest that you google on youtube crazy hot index and they'll give you a, a like a, a full of you know a full rundown of what that is but we've we've flipped that and and turned it into the crazy hot index for lumber so Ash, I mean, I don't know. If let me get my tech. Let me get my tech support here, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. What do we got? Let me see if I can bring it back a little bit. Can you see that? Oh boy. <clears throat> um, it's not that. It's not that clear. Um, I think we'll Ash. We're gonna nix that. We're gonna have to come back to that some other time. Okay. But maybe you could explain to them while we look over at it. You've got a matrix. We're on the axis on the left. It's crazy. The axis down below, it's hot. As you draw a line up through splitting them uh, diagonally, uh, you go into the no zone, the danger zone, and the fun zone. So right. on the bottom of the chart, you have a one, which is uh, the item is not that crazy, to a 10. Item is crazy. Uh, hot, it's not very volatile. From a one to 10, it's very volatile. So if you're a one and a one, pretty boring item. If you're a 10 and a 10, that's your fun zone. But your danger zone, that's your danger zone. I mean, zone. if you're if you're if you're a 10 and a 10, um, that's when it's it's just like a printing press, right? Yep. Um, and you can't you can't go wrong there. Um, I want to talk about new home sales that came out today, Ash. Let's talk about them. I'm just sending Matt a note, so go ahead, Greg, and bring up the new home sales. New home sales were uh, up 4.4% in July, which beat the consensus. They're up 31.5% from a year ago. I think this is a surprising number to people. Uh, inventory fell, and prices are down. We're down... 9% from a year ago in, in price. 
and I know you're gonna you're gonna bring up some really interesting data in, in a minute that ties into this, but the the two things that I want to say is number one is new homes now make up 31% of all home sales, which compares with a historical average of about 10%, 11%. And <clears throat> I mean, clearly everyone is focused on mortgage rates and affordability. But I'd say one of the things that we can see happening clearly is, is that the prices of the homes are coming down, which is partially offsetting the uh, affordability issue. And Ash, what's that? What do you think the other reason for the price of homes being lower is? What do you think? The, the, what, can you ask that again, Greg? What do you think the other reason for the prices, the average price of home, new homes being down? Size matters, actually. Well, so Size yeah, look at uh, talking to uh, a couple different segments of the market, the big segments, Texas, uh, the Southeast, some of the Northeast. If you look at the different trends, uh, in the takeout rate of different items, two by four, one hundred four, and five eighths has stayed pretty steady. Uh, two by four, ten footers, which I thought would go up as you're building smaller houses, actually went down. Uh, and uh, Greg, I'm going to use this as a time to bring Matt in real quick. Okay, Layman. Okay, Matt, great. Yeah, everybody. Matt, we're bringing you in. Sorry about that. I wanted to make Hello, sure everyone. Dude, up. This is. Hey, Matt, hey, Matt. Matt Layman from Layman's Lumberclot Guy. Glad to have him, Matt. Everybody's been asking where you and I have been at, so I wanted to bring you in this week. And um, we were talking a little bit about uh, about new home sales and the reasons for different things. And we were talking about how size matters. What I have seen is a trend. All of a sudden, if you're in the distribution, you can tell how many times people are asking you for 92 and 5A studs in the last five or six months, right? And it seems to be more and more. Again, today I had guys asking for that, people asking for that. I need to take my bias training and use my pronouns correctly here. Um, so what we're noticing is in some markets, the housing footprint shrinking, right? The lots, I don't know about the lots, but the, the square footage is is getting smaller. Uh, many- now, There's an article in the, in the journal today saying that depending on the market area that the size of the homes being built is anywhere from 18 to 24% smaller. And that's consistent with what we're hearing from the field, right? Uh, what we're seeing is uh, shrinkage, especially in the Texas and the Atlanta market and single story versus two story, eight foot walls versus nine and 10 foot walls. Uh, so we truly are uh, having are getting back to uh, what I would say is the real entry level home. Now, the question is, is this a slippery slope or are we sooner or later going to be living in garden sheds at $400,000 or are we, is, where's the point where we're, where's the inflection point where the, the, the size stops and the price stops? Matt, any, any input to that? Well, yeah, apparently what the industry thinks is overvalued and, and not an unaffordable housing isn't correct because the home builders have seen they, the other reason, I, the reason I think that the price of the median price range of homes is down is for two reasons. One is buying down the rate from 7% to 5% is, 
is the same as cutting the price. It's, it's giving back cash at the end of the deal. So the true selling price of the house has that built into it. So I would imagine that's that's factored into when you report what you got, what you actually sold the house for, you got to knock off the you know, two points worth of interest rate. And, and the other is the median, you know, if the price we're talking about is a median price range rather than average price range, I heard a good analogy yesterday. It says if you got five houses to sell, one's 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, 500,000, you sell one of each of them, the median price range is 300,000. And but the next month, if you only sell one of the bottom, the bottom three houses, you don't sell any of the higher price houses, and the median price range drops just because you you had the, the volume was in a lower price bracket. So if people are tending trending towards smaller homes and um, and prices are lower than I can see where the the activity might be heavier in that lower end, it makes and just because it's the median, the medians at the lower end, it makes it look like I, the the prices are actually down. So I'd be interested to know you know, apples to apples, what's, you know, what, what did a 2000 square foot home in Atlanta in a subdivision last month sell for what's it selling for now? Yeah. Good, good point, man. I guess in somebody, I was talking to somebody last night about this and, and he, he basically said, what other choice do entry level buyers have? Right. I mean, they're either going to buy these homes or they, they're going to rent, right? Because there's not a lot of existing homes out there selling. Greg, um, alluded to that fact with how many new homes are are making up the uh, the transactions, right? I mean, there's always existing homes on the market, but certainly a lot less than than normal. And uh, I guess it's affecting rents a little a little bit also. So you you can either keep running or or pay up for one of these entry level homes, right? But the builders have responded and are building homes to try to meet that monthly payment, right? Greg, Greg came in my office last night and we were talking about affordability. So I saw something out there yes, yesterday in the Twitter sphere or the X sphere now um, about affordability is lower now or as low as it was in 2006. And Greg basically said, yes, but things are a lot different in 2006. Greg, what, could you jump in and kind of say what you know, it is concerning that affordability is as low as it was in 2006, but, you know. Yeah, but as you can see with the new home sales number right now, I mean, they're, you know, they're, we're making the adjustment. The, the prices are falling. Yeah, the existing home prices maybe aren't, aren't falling as much because there's less people are moving because they're trapped in the, you know, they're trapped in that two and three quarter percent interest and they're not going to, they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to move and trade up to go to a seven percent interest rate, um, at least you know, and not 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 of any substantive number. So, I, mean, I think the biggest the biggest differences between, you know, like I guess oh seven oh eight, and now is, you know, that was a wild frenzy where there was it was very speculative in the purchasing, and it was and it was and it was financed by. A lot, like the cash out, I think that I think the number was between 04 and 07. It was like something like $3.5 trillion of cash out refinancing. People were using real estate equity as as a piggy bank. You know, I, the, the, the stat came out the other day that 
that there's an all-time record high of homeowner equity in their homes. So, so that's that's a significant difference. It makes so much sense, Greg. Like I have a, a home equity uh, line, right? But you know, when I look at it, I see in the mail like, hey, you can borrow money on your on your home now for eight percent interest. He's like, why? You know, why would I do that? <laughs> it's like it's, but it's right. there. But you know, good point that the people have done that. So not to get too wonky here, but the other thing you came in and said something about the difference between the short-term rate and the long-term rate. Have you thought that one out yet? Maybe they could. No, I haven't. I haven't, but I'll, 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 I'll posit it right now. If I look historically, the difference between the 10-year yield and a 30-year mortgage is around one and a half percent. You could see it as low as as one to to a half to one percent when rates are falling, and maybe it pushes up to two <clears> percent. <throat> it's three it's three percent right now. And what I'm what I'm noodling is is that the result of the Fed? Whereas prior, while they were doing quantitative easing, they were buying up residential mortgages and keeping that that long rate pinned at a low level of like two and three quarters the which if you think about it the 10 year when that was was like one and a quarter and their mortgage were two and three quarters now you've got the the, the 10 year at 4.2 and 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 the 30 year at seven point actually i think it said as high as this morning it's up at 7.5 and weren't you did so I guess the good news that I see in that is is that there's opportunity for compression of the mortgage rate even with the 10-year rising. Yeah, so that's much better than when you came into the office and were explaining it to me yesterday. Matt, I was a deer in the headlight, and I asked him to explain it to me like I was a black lab after he yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah, no and so, so, so all I did was I went over, I patted his head, and I said, good boy. And <laughs> And I peed on the floor. Kick him a bowl of water. So he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, what are you seeing out there with your crew, with your group, your your followers on uh, uh, what they're talking about with inventory? I was on a call yesterday, and all I can tell you is everybody uh, is optimistic, but not building much of an inventory from what I can tell. We had a little bit of a build. How did, how did Beamer say he put it? I'm, I'm very, he's real. He's really busy, but not investing in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. it. So as a distributor, if you have something and you can move it within 48, 72 hours, you're getting orders, right? Talk to a mill today. And he said, yeah, the stuff we sold trucks on two days ago, people are calling me on. You know, I think stuff. I think there's a we got to give credit to the industry for getting smarter. And if and people right now are looking at, let's say, between now and the end of the year. Anybody that's paying attention knows what to expect out of the lumber market. They know they know to expect a rally in September, um, a, a sell off in October, a bottom first of November and strength into the end of the year. So. I think what people are saying is they're they're bullish short term, but they're not certain they don't want to build inventory because they and I think that's because they know that 
October is going to be a sell-off month. And, and it, it's just a, it's just part of the cycle. But, you know, buying now to cover through the first week of November completely takes all that September rally out of, out of play for you. So that's my advice has been from the beginning of August to be third and fourth weeks of August to be building inventory to cover through October, the I mean, first week of November, so you'd be ready to buy again the, in late October. But I think, I just really think there's, People are talking more social media, you know, get on YouTube. If you, if you think you, you don't, you don't want to, you want to learn about lumber. There's all kinds of people on YouTube showing you charts and pictures of Home Depot in the background and little pieces of two by fours. And what, what does somebody have to pay for something like that, Matt? For YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Do you have to pay for that? No. Oh, you mean it's like, it's free. So yeah. people can learn for free. Okay. So maybe we're saying is like, you get what you pay for. I, my, my, I guess one of my questions, Matt, is one of the things Ashley and I look a lot at is relative value. We've got, we've got an extensive database where we analyze all the different producing regions and all the items within it. We compare them to each other. We compare them to, we compare everything obviously to Western spruce two by fours. Um, and now Eastern Spruce 2x4s delivered Chicago. But one of the phenomena that I see is in the first part of the year, yellow pine is trading at relatively high numbers compared to spruce. And I just looked today and went, oh, my gosh, this stuff is, I mean, I, I looked at six, six and eight inch and I said, I mean, what is the what is the what is the cost of the fiber? Aren't aren't you are we are we are we how far are we from the cost of fiber at these current mill prices in yellow? Yeah, Pine? Matt, that's one thing we are weak on talking about that. Where you're really really strong in that. What are you seeing in pine? What's your feeling out there? I mean, they're uh, still the, the pine guys are still making money. The uh, break even is about three fifty. Okay. Okay, but I mean, isn't isn't like six, you know, six, eight, and ten inch? Other than on the west side, the net, the mill net right now has to be below that. With you know, given that you know, depending on what their what their profile is, how much two and better number three and number four. I mean, there's right, about you know, there's your mill your mill netting three hundred dollars. That assuming that you're not taking selling at big discounts to print. Yeah, I, this this week and last week. For the first times all year long that I've heard about Southern Pine Mills losing money, and, ha and that and that being a concern, so we just just this last we've been teetering for a while, but this last little bit of sell off here, yeah, um, pushed them. By. And I, but the thing is, I don't know that that means anything. I don't know that it means that, like, you know, okay, so you're at break even. We know in Canada at break even doesn't mean anything other than you're within a hundred bucks from the bottom. Well, there's a difference between break even and shutdown cost, right? I mean, right. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that when, you know, Matt knows it, you know it, Greg, when people talk about break even, we're like, okay, you're at break even. Like where, where's the, where's the, where's the pain cost at? Right. And, and the, because every, everybody can lose, everybody can lose money for a little while, but there, nobody can lose money. Yeah. Forever. But it's a great, good point. And like, I know it's, I know it's inexpensive. I don't like to say the word cheap when Greg comes in and says after like a year, hey, uh, Southern Pines looking a little bit uh, inexpensive here. Yeah, cheap's, cheap's a good word. 
Yeah. Four-inch, it's interesting. Pine has gotten to be where two-by-fours trade almost in a different, it's almost like a separate market from six-inch and wider and boards and timbers and decking. And and I think a lot of that has to do, and I've, I've heard people say this, that people are swapping MSR Southern Pine for two and better spruce. Well, they're not. That's not the same product. People, you can't you can't build the same truss out of a two number two spruce as you can build out of a number two pines. It's it's got it's got well, more, yeah. especially MSR. So that I think that more people are using the pine because it's just more of it available. Yeah, it's just yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's it's a it's a question of availability and uh and and, and relative price also. Yeah, because sure. you can you can ship the stuff to uh, you can almost ship pine all the way to Canada, and be delivered the same price as the RFOB mill in Canada. So it means it's, it's being a hundred bucks cheaper, you can cover a lot of ground. But but I think a lot of the guys that I've talked to is just they don't nobody wants to have any extra skews on their inventory. So that I've seen this on the on the contractor yard side too as well with people that will say, well. I'll do some inventory swapping. I'll switch spruce for him for dry him for or, or greener back and forth. And I think that less and less people are doing that. And they're, they're willing to pay up not to have a double inventory. Yeah, that's that's a good good point, Matt. I think um, one of the things I was on a call yesterday um, with a group and uh, one of the things I'm hearing and it may just be me and I'm hearing it from small people. I'm hearing it from larger people. They're really seriously looking at pulling back on their contracts for for next year for sure and especially in q4 and what that's going to be is if if you're a mill salesperson or trader you're going to have more open market wood to sell it's not just going to go away when you walk in every day 50 percent of it based on some kind of price that's a that that nobody's even certain what it is right this is there's going to have to be more price discovery at least that's what i'm hearing is that is that am i wrong on that's that a, that's a that's a wholesaler's dream come true well, it's it's certainly it's a distributor slash wholesaler's dream come true, and it may be happening. Yeah, and it's it makes sense. I, I thought we were going to have that at the first of the year when Lowe's and Home Depot didn't take all their OSB contracts they were going to, but apparently they still had a string on it that could come get them could come get them later. Now, when I when I say that uh, the big boxes like that, they're always going to take it off of a from what I see off of a a number a formula because they just physically don't have the manpower to, to buy uh, spot lumber every day, right? They, they need to have income intake. They need to have their contracts and all that. Um, so this is a great segue uh, to going into our Mary Dayton breakup segment, Matt. So what we do is we talk about, you can pick different items that you want to either marry, you want to break up with, or you want to just date. And uh, last week we talked about a couple of them. Um, so I prepared for it. I can I can go first if y'all want me to do that. And, Is this uh, like CNBC's uh, stock picks? Are you gonna? Um, well, I'm not gonna, gonna take trade my shit. it or dump it. Yeah, it's it's, it's I don't have a bunch of buttons to push and and yell like Kramer does. But so dating, uh, even though the price is high, I want to date two by four ninety two and five eighths. Um, they seem to be the one that's getting in the club and getting bottle service and everybody's looking for and wants to be with right now. And I think that it's still only 11 AM in the club that's open till three and that's still going to be working. Mary, I want to marry two by six, number three, Southern yellow pine. 
I heard that it traded as below 200 this week, mil, uh, in like one in the 180s. If that, if and for volume, where mills wanted to make it go away, but that's and it had to have destos on it. So if I can if I can find that person or look that person up on two by six number three, I think that's somebody I want to marry for for a while. Uh, break up with two by four and two by six ten footers in uh, in dimension. In uh, in studs, in number two and better in all species. That's kind of what I want to break up with. Uh, I see the size of home still trending a little bit lower. I see a bunch of mill lists with that loaded up on it, and uh, and I I'm not that interested in it. So those are my those are my three. All right. Um, I am uh, I am still dating MSR Spruce. We, uh, you know, we're deep in our relationship right now, but you know, we're having fun. We're over there in the fun zone. Um, we've got good liquidity. We are a good value item seasonally between now and mid October strongest time of the year for MSR spruce. Um, I'm, I'm married right now to, uh, to European two by four 16s. That's what I am married to. This was an item that was absolutely glutted the market. Uh, there's been a serious pullback in it. And I see a big void. You know, I think you're going to be seeing delivered prices on this this item with a six handle very, very soon, if not like already. Um, I'm still, Ash. I'm with you. I'm still, I'm still dumping two by six nines two by six tens and spruce on the curb you know these are these are things that have been relatively overvalued for a long long time and they have to come back into a like, bit more normalized relationship i think they've been selling they they held with a the high 600s and 700 delivered forever and i think i think you're going to see them be more likely in the mid low fives before it's all said and done and just so everybody knows, you can put plywood and OSB in there. That's just something I don't follow because I, I don't understand the pricing model of it or how people do it. So, um, Matt, what, what about you? What's your thought on here? Yeah, don't hang me with plywood and OSB. <laughs> I definitely plywood. Plywood's a crazy thing. It can be it can be going 100 miles an hour in a different direction than everything else. And and the, the guys that are buying it just, it, it, I guess it makes sense, but. I don't get it. Yeah. Not a lot of price transparency on those items. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the, the biggest problem with, I think with trading plywood is there's so few letterheads. You, know, you just, I mean, you got to be in the pocket of one or half a dozen people or you're not going to get it. But, um, and it's kind of the same with OSB, but I, I'm well, I love what OSB is, you know, that you'll have an unchanged print for two months uh, yet there's 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 1500 truck blocks going out the back door at big discounts yeah that's um it's it's crooked it's just kind of it's one of those one of those things in the lumber business you want to shine a light on it but you're afraid if you do then you'll get your flashlight taken away you won't get any more <laughs> but as far as dating anything i i'm at a place right now where i I mean, all my stuff's about timing. And and I think that last week and this week is the time to, to be buying 
whatever your top SKU items are. I think the transition from um, and something here in North Carolina, 93 inch studs are what a lot of you don't see 93s using a lot of the country, but but does but short short trim eight footers are I think are going to replace the nine foot frenzy just because making smaller houses. I mean, it's just just the demand is there, and the guys that are the guys that are talking about making smaller houses in, in big volumes. It's a big shift. I mean, those guys, I, Greg made a, a remark of a reference to a percentage of size. And of one of the major builders told me that they've gone from 3,600 square feet average down to 2,200 square feet. That's huge. That's huge. It's like it's 30% at least. Yeah. But it's, but their prices aren't changing. They said they got, they got a subdivision in, this was the guy, the guy in Nashville was telling me this. Subdivision with eight hundred fifty thousand dollar homes in them, thirty five hundred square feet. You got the exact same subdivision going in across the street. Same model of houses. They're just smaller. They look the same, but they're just smaller. And they and they're still keeping the price at eight hundred thousand bucks. Okay, so mm -hmm. housing starts at one point three ish, one point three five. Um, I'll ask this to Matt and Greg. If this trend continues, we're going to use we're using less lumber, correct? Well, you, you got Home Depot and Lowe's talking about DIYs off, so you, you kind of mix that out because you're using the credit card like you're talking about, so that's just not a good thing. So Right. But home improvement is going to probably still be good. Well, and, it has, it has and, to be. It has to be to, to keep to use will, this construction. Well, it, will, it will be because it's like everybody did, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm in a house that's 50 years old, and we just remodeled it. Yeah, no doubt. So did we. We just we and just I, did it too. And I just went out and spent six thousand dollars on an air conditioning unit for a an outbuilding and closing in my carport. I'm still spending money and and I'm not buying I'm not buying a house and I'm not moving, but I'm still spending I, I know, you know Greg Greg had a good point the other day. He said, Hey, the market finds a way to adjust to what the current demand is pretty quickly. So will demand going into Q4? For lumber be the same as it is now and this, you know go back to what you just said at the beginning that what the demand the falls seasonally in the fourth quarter anyhow because there's less hours of daylight you can only nail up for so much yeah, you get a lot of holidays, you holidays right the reason why you have seasonal low in lumber in the fourth quarter is it's the best producing quarter of the year and it's you know slower consumption so yeah which makes um, it a great time for i mean <clears throat> I think I think you know I think the best you can expect from the demand side is it's going to stay steady at the levels that it's at, um, you know, albeit with the seasonal adjustments. And you know, I was I was of this viewpoint that North American lumber is pretty close to equilibrium. So it's really like it's really the the inventory accumulation distribution that has a bigger effect at prices right now. With an you know with an overlay of you know certain items that are overproduced relative to demand and items that are underproduced now relative to demand that will have those relationships go go out of whack. I mean it's why it's why our database on relative value is so is so valuable and you know it really 
really that's 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 our secret sauce. Well, it's fun. I was telling a person last night, they're like, what do you guys do this different? I'm like, well, one thing we see is that Matt said it's going to be good for distributors and wholesale distributors, but you're going to have to take risk. And when you take risk, you're going to have to take an educated risk <laughs> you're gonna, and you're going to have to be really disciplined. And 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 if you're disciplined and don't get too far over your skis, you'll get rewarded for it. Um, but you have to. You can't have an empty basket to sell out of either, right? As a distributor. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Lee, and one of the things that I keep thinking about is, you know, kind of to, to, to Matt's point of, you know, <clears throat> hey, everybody's going to stay close to the vest. You know, we had an input from Beamer. <clears throat> hey, I'm really busy, but I'm not investing in the future. We know that the big pro yards are not going to build any excess inventory they're going to they're going to keep that they're going to keep their inventory dollars in line i mean i throw all those things in what's so you know what could be different in the fourth quarter would be hey what happens if all of a sudden rates backed up and 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 sales got a little bit better that's that's one of the things that no one is expecting nobody right expects that. Yeah, so, the, the the pro dealers like that are they're broadcasting what their intentions are. Their intentions are to keep a lean inventory, which means that in any positive thing from the housing side, the market is going to be already underbought for it. It's, it's at this point, it's underbought for any kind of increase. And if you get start getting some curtailments in the South or, you know, the, like over the holiday stuff, near, near the, near anything that creates an imbalance, I think, I think there's, the surprise for everyone is going to be that I honestly believe that we're already under underproduced because we haven't really seen, we haven't seen what real demand looks like without being, we've been in like a, a liquidation or accumulation mode all year long. We haven't really, we kind of just been chasing because we got, we got a late start on building inventories for the spring. So instead of building prior to the, the demand time, we built during the demand time. And I think we're just now shaking that off and getting back to the point where, where people are going to start behaving normally or what they used to do, is, which is which I think we I think it's going to be a lot stronger September and a, and a week week October and a good place to buy in November. And it's going to be it's it's going to feel more like it's normal, but but with with inventories level where they are at the low levels that they are. I, I just think I think there's more of a surprise to the upside than there is to the downside after after October. Hey Matt, um, we're, I I got I got to run, Ash. Um, hey, great great to have you on here today, Matt. Appreciate your input. Um, Ash and I we're talking uh, next week. We're gonna have our we're gonna have our Don Rumsfeld se uh, segment. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about known knowns known unknowns and unknown unknowns. So we want everyone to, 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 to tune in for that exciting segment. Matt, uh, just real quick, why don't you give a little bit of a segue into how people can uh, can come and look at your information, which is valuable, what you put out. Um, I mean, there aren't a lot of options out there to look at lumber pricing and feedback, but Matt really provides a great platform for that and has been doing it for a long time. So Matt, I see your laymansguide.com is up there. Um, forward slash scouting report how do yeah, you can just, just laymansguide.com there's some places there's all kinds of buttons to hit to get a two-month free trial subscription and so that's um you know i don't want to self-promote but 
just flamesguide.com if you just want to look. And, and what I did want to say is uh, we have become, a, we have begun to accumulate certain inventory items, uh, but we don't want to tell them uh, out loud out here. If somebody wants to uh, find out what, what we are accumulating and what we think some other people are, they can uh, send us a note. Um, it's Ashley at SitkaInc.com. That's S-I-T-K-A-I-N-C.com or Greg at SitkaInc.com. Uh, we'd be glad to tell you. Not at Sitka Inc. Yeah, we we feel it's uh it's too valuable information oh, to no. give out here for free. So uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, that would be great. Also, fellas, thank you so much. There's Ash. Nice yeah. nag there. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Right, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Hey, Take Ash, care. your um, back background is backwards. Uh, I got to turn. I got to turn the camera around. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you. See you.